Good to have you. Thursday edition, Bill Michael Show. Hopefully you're in, uh, enjoying the day. Packers back in the practice field today, getting ready. I wonder if they're inside or outside today, getting ready for the weather that is that's about to happen. Uh, it looks like there could be some rain at the Lambeau coming up on Sunday, and it may be a, a rainy weekend in general. I know it's going to get cooler, that's for sure. Uh, and now joining us on the hotline, Mark Schofield, SB Nation, uh, is here. So, Mark, how you doing this week? I am doing well, Bill. It is great to be here. Great to be back with you. Excited to dive into a little bit of what we saw last week, maybe a little bit of what we're going to see this week. Uh, let's start out with the Packers and what we saw last week. Uh, they had one game in 21 days prior to, then they play uh, the Denver Broncos, and that's what they had to offer. I mean, uh, we're seeing a lot of the same mistakes, a lot of the same problems, uh, the same excuses. Give me your thoughts as to where this team is at, where this offense is at right now. Yeah, it's frustrating. The the offense looks disjointed. Obviously, there's been a lot of conversation this week on social media, on you know every show imaginable about where this offense is right now. You've got instances where quarterback receiver might not be on the same page, not, might not be seeing things the same way. So there's breakdowns and execution there. There's been some protection issues. And then, even with all of that, you have a chance at the end of the game to still perhaps pull out a win. And what do you see at the end? They get behind the sticks, which is, if you remember, this is what we talked about in the past couple of weeks is, you know, given where Jordan Love is right now, the aggression that he's shown at times, the inconsistencies and the, the ball placement issues he's, he's shown, particularly in second long, third and long situations, pushing the ball downfield kind of moments. You know, you've got to stay ahead of the sticks. You get yourself into a second lawn, a third and lawn at the end of the game, and then you get the interception that, again, had an opportunity Jordan Love did to make a shorter throw to at least get yourself into a fourth and manageable, or if you even wanted to in the altitude, take the lawn field goal. They had an opportunity to make a throw to the out. Instead, he throws the deep, the deep route breaking over the middle of the field, and it gets intercepted in double coverage. And so it's a disjointed offense that's struggling. There are woes on the defensive side of the ball, too. But obviously, in this league, with the way things go, it starts with the quarterback position. And some of the same issues that we've talked about cropped up again against the Broncos. Now, it wasn't all on love. Kurt Warner, for example, talked about how some of the stuff you saw earlier in the game, and I'd agree with this assessment, you know, it wasn't all the quarterback. Maybe there were throws that some people think he could have made, but really weren't in the progression or weren't available to him. But when it comes down to it, they had a chance to win the game. They had a third and 20 situation. He had an option to throw a shorter route, take that layup. Like we've talked about, instead tries to push it over the top when you get the interception. So a disjointed offense and a quarterback and an offensive staff that need to figure this out. The uh, we I agree with you it's not all on Jordan Love. And we were just talking about that, that there's a lot of mistakes that are happening over and over again. The one question that I have, and, and I get kind of torn between this, if you've got a player that's making the same mistakes, and we've seen two guys run the same route a couple of times this season, we've seen screens get blown up because guys miss block it, blocks, and the same thing with some of the wide receiver screens. At what point do you say it's just the player, or what? at what point do you say it's the coaching? I mean, because there's a fine line and eventually a gray area that you have to say, man, if this coach can't get through to this guy, then you've got to find somebody who does, or you've got to say – this guy's just not getting it. You know what I mean? I, there, there's a fine yeah. line there, and at what point do you go over one line or the other? 
it is a fine line, and I think we're still sort of in the, okay, coach, coaches are doing what they can and players aren't figuring it out. But when you start, and we've talked about this before, I like to sort of delineate things by the sort of holidays on the calendar. You know, we're up on Halloween now. Okay. We get to Thanksgiving and these issues are still cropping up. I think that's the point where you say, all right, clearly the message is just not getting through. You know, right. at some point early in the season, it's okay, well, you know, there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. Players might be learning new things, learning new plays in the playbook. And so, okay, you get mistakes, you get miscues that way. That's fine to say the first half of the season. You get into the second half of the season, November, December. And if we continue to see these same issues cropping up, then it's the message is not getting through. And you have to wonder, okay, well, what can the coaching staff do differently to make sure that these players are figuring it out and getting their assignments right? You know, because at some point, either the message gets home or the messenger has to change or the method of the message has to change. And so I think we're still early enough where you can say, okay, well, the players, they got to figure it out. They got to step up. They got to do better. But if this lingers in my mind, then you start looking at how that message is being delivered. The, uh, the defense, uh, which we needed to be a top 10 defense to really support the offense. Now they haven't played bad enough to lose. I mean, they've actually played pretty well. But they're still ranked 16th overall. They're still next to dead last. And when it comes to rushing defense, they're 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 injured. They're banged up. I mean, how much of this uh, can you actually lay at the defensive feet? Not a not a lot of it. I mean, I, yes. Would you like you know some of the areas of the defense to be better? Yes. And I do think that injuries, as you mentioned, are sort of a contributing factor there. But. In today's NFL, you'd think, oh, you hold a team to 90 on the road. I mean, 19 on the road, you're going to have a good chance to win a game. You're going to win a game. And you don't. You know, you, you still have given your team a chance to win games. And, you know, they don't. Um, so I think a lot of it, again, sort of focuses on the offensive side of the ball, an offense that has to do a better job of, of finishing drives with points, finishing drives with seven, an offense that has to avoid turnovers and things like that. The defense, even with the injuries, even being banged up, they're still a pretty good defense in a number of different, uh, you know, statistical categories, a number of different metrics. I mean, they're above average in passing EPA allowed per play. You know, maybe they're a little bit, like you said, below average when it comes to the run. And, you know, in this NFL that we're seeing with scoring perhaps down a little bit, teams leaning into the run a bit a little bit more maybe you'd like to be better against the run but still I think in the modern NFL even with those sort of caveats you'd rather be a good defense against the pass than a great defense against the run but somebody that can't stop it when the team throws the ball and so I think the defense is playing well enough to win games it's just the offense isn't holding up their end of the bargain right now and that's going to be the big story until the offense figures this out I want to go around the rest of the National Football League. Let's start right here in our own division. I did not see the Detroit Lions getting dump truck that way down in Baltimore. I mean, they're supposed to be the team that, and I assume still that they're going to be the team to beat in the NFC North, but, oh, my goodness, did they get dump trucked in Baltimore. Yeah, and I, I said this on the radio earlier this week on another show. When we get to, say, January and we start getting this sort of hiring cycle and you hear Mike McDonald getting some head coaching looks, remember this game. Because he's the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, and he did an absolutely tremendous job for that defense against Jared Goff, against this Lions offense. They did so much sort of schematically where, you know, you're an offense, you send somebody in motion, you see that defender run across, and you're thinking, oh, oh, it's man coverage. 
But then the ball snapped, you drop into zone, and you've got to, as a quarterback, reset your expectations. Well, if you think about Jared Goff and his past as a quarterback, you think about that Super Bowl against the Patriots where the Patriots would call two defensive plays audible to the second when that helmet microphone goes off so Sean McVay can't tell Jared Goff what to expect. And it sort of made life tougher for him. Whatever you can change that sort of pre-snap expectation and post-snap reality, if the defense are doing something right, Mike McDonald did a great job there. He also did a great job with simulated pressures where you think guys are coming up the middle and instead they're dropping into coverage. There was a play where they dropped two defensive tackles into coverage. He had offensive linemen blocking air and an unblocked corner off the edge. It was a tremendous defensive game plan. And then Lamar Jackson did some Lamar Jackson things. Now the question for the Lions becomes, okay, is this a one-off or will this be something other teams will try and replicate? Will other teams try those same defensive looks? And they'll certainly try them. So will you know, Ben Johnson and company be ready for those going forward when other teams try this? Will other defenses have the kind of players that the Ravens do that can pull those off? So I think I lean more towards the this was a one-off and you're not going to see something like this again from the Lions. But if defenses and our future defenses are able to have that same kind of success, that could be a problem for the Lions going forward. Talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation, I want to go over to the Vikings because what happened on Monday night was somewhat surprising. Their defense played extremely well. They were able to move the football, obviously getting after Brock Purdy. And now that Brock Purdy has taken not one but two losses in a row when it comes to he started off pretty much undefeated. He had not lost a regular season game. Now he lost two in a row. He's in the concussion protocol. Were the 49ers exposed in any way, or have we seen a, a growth out of Minnesota? Because that was a little bit of a surprising game. That was a real surprising game. Um, and I lean more towards me. This was sort of a step forward for Minnesota. You know, and when we were talking earlier in the season, we were talking about Brian Flores and what he likes to do defensively and how it's going to take some time for that to gel. And when it does, this could be a good defense. I think that process is here. Because like you said, they were able to get after Brock Purdy. They were able to sort of create some opportunities defensively to to make some plays, to stop some plays from San Francisco on offense that rightfully so people have been praising, myself included, because of the weapons they have and the way Brock Purdy runs it. We got a very good game from Kirk Cousins. Obviously, you know, a, a very good game from him against a good defense. So I think this was something that we kind of thought could see happening, right? The defense takes a while to gel under Brian Flores, but it's gelled. They can do the things that he wants to do, some aggressive man coverage pressure schemes, and they're doing that. You have a nice game, obviously, from Kirk Cousins, and you did it without Justin Jefferson. And now, I mean, I remember the talk two weeks ago, are the Vikings going to be sellers? Are they going to move on from people? We might even see a Kirk Cousins trade. And then now you get to where they are right now in the standings, and you can think, okay, well, if this defense really is starting to come together like we saw on Monday night, and if you get – more games like this out of Kirk Cousins, and then you get a healthy Justin Jefferson back. Now, the division's probably not going to be a a bridge too far for them, but get yourself into the dance. That recipe can be a winning one in the playoffs. Uh, I want to go over to the AFC side real quick, uh, only for the fact that there's so many intriguing things. Obviously, Kansas City's one of the top dogs. So is Miami. Uh, But right now, one of the teams that's struggling – with their quarterback. I mean, they've got a Super Bowl caliber defense. That's Cleveland. I, I think they could win a lot of games if they had a quarterback worth anything. This thing where Deshaun Watson will, won't play, not really sure. 
uh, the, the injury's kind of uh, questionable. I mean, and they're paying this guy a lot of money for the next four years, and he's terrible. I mean, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm thinking to myself, boy, what do we get into? I mean, I, I granted, they probably did the day that that contract was announced, but, man, what do you do if you're a Browns fan or if you're anybody on the defensive side of the football in that locker room right now? I mean, you have to feel like – it started with the defensive players in that locker room. You have to feel like you have to carry this team at this point because – the Deshaun Watson, the, the financial numbers are what they are. I mean, there are no easy answers when it comes to that. And when you watch him right now on film, the arm, the rotator cuff injury, and I say this as someone that has a rotator cuff tear. It's in my non-throwing shoulder, but I know what it's like. He can't throw the ball. Uh, he, that first interception he threw where he is rutted to his right towards the line of scrimmage, he can get all the momentum in the world behind this throw, and it's still late. The ball still hangs and it gets intercepted. So he can't physically make the kind of throws you need to make as a quarterback to be successful in the NFL. And P.J. Walker is a very nice backup, but when you see you know, the game he started against San Francisco, it's a lot of screens, it's a lot of underneath stuff, it's a lot of checkdowns. And then when they try to push it downfield, sometimes he doesn't want to attempt those throws or it's on mirrored route concepts that defenses can sort of figure out. As a result, you're a defense now that probably feels going into every single game like this one against Seattle, that you've got to pitch a shutout. You've got to be near perfect. You've got to hold teams to seven, to ten, to give this offense enough. Um, you know, and the Colts just hunt a big number on them. The Colts put some big plays on the board. It's not going to be perfect every week as a defense. Now they've got the talent to do it. They've got a tremendous defensive front. Jim Schwartz is dialing some stuff up on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to give Geno Smith some trouble this week and some other teams trouble going forward, but there's a lot of pressure on this defense now because Watson's really, really banged up. Obviously not playing this weekend. And when he is in the lineup, he's struggling to throw And PJ Walker is a serviceable NFL backup, but I don't know if it's going to be enough for this team going forward. They've got big aspirations, but that defense while very good, I don't know if they can do enough to get them to where they'd like to be. Two things before I let you go. One is, has the window closed, do you think, on the Buffalo Bills? Uh, it's just like one week they're really, really good. The next week they're not. Then there's the bad side of, uh, of Josh Allen, and then all of a sudden he comes back and he'll light it up for 350 yards and three touchdowns. But is this window closed? Because it just you never know what you're going to get week in and week out. Yeah, it's, it's such a hard team to figure out, though, because they'll go out against Miami, a team that people at the time were thinking was the best team in football, and they'll play almost perfect, perfect football. And then you come back in back-to-back weeks and you narrowly beat the Giants who are playing their backup quarterback. And then you lose to the New England Patriots who are coming off perhaps the three worst losses of the Bill Belichick era. Like They play to their level of competition, both good and bad, and that's usually not a good thing when it comes to the NFL. Now, I don't think the window has closed because you know if this holds for them when they play some better teams down the stretch and get into a playoff position, they'll play some good football. But it's maddening, and I know that there's also injuries starting to mount on the defensive side of the football, which could cause them some problems. And so I don't think the window has closed, but I I don't think it's wide open either. I I think it's basically the kind of crack that you like prop it open so the cats can get a taste of the outside world and not much more than that. Uh, Real quick, that's a great description, by the way. I love that. Uh, Real quick before I let you go, um, the Tennessee Titans, a lot of talk about – you know, hey, it's not going to happen. Do they dare trade away Derrick Henry, and what can they get for him? Tell me some teams that might be interested in the services of Derrick Henry as we come in on the trade deadline, and what is he worth at this point in his career? 
I mean, I do think that the Baltimore Ravens are the team that comes to mind. You know, a, a lot of people have said in recent days that Baltimore has already reached out, and it does make a lot of sense. And you can only imagine what, you know, Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry in the backfield together on some of their run designs, some of their, you know, option designs would look like in terms of what he's worth. I mean, I, I don't think it's a first-round pick, but I do think maybe, a, you know, a third that could be a conditional second dependent on playing time. Uh, I think it's a day two pick, probably not more than that. But for a team like Baltimore, that it's obviously coming off of a huge win, and you look at them in the AFC, and you add that kind of element to their offense, what it could mean for them, I think that's a price they'd be willing to pay. Great stuff as always, Mark. I certainly appreciate it. Can't wait to talk to you again next week after this week culminates, okay? Thanks so much, Bill. Always a blast. Enjoy the games this week. Thanks so much, man. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Always great to just kind of talk NFL. Just kind of pick his brain on a lot of different stuff. Good stuff there. Good stuff there. Always enjoy talking to him. It is a fantasy football Thursday. Start getting your questions in. Paul Jarchian coming up in about 40 minutes from now, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget our friends out there at Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoles Old 109. They've got uh, some good stuff going on with holiday parties, uh, Halloween parties this coming weekend. I did, I think I even saw, I think there's running – like a, a, bar, a pub crawl, so if I'm not mistaken. But a lot of good stuff going out at Stoley. Stoley's Hog Alley, Lake Country, USA, and Stoles Old 109 up in Watertown. You've got televisions. You've got great fish fries coming up on Friday night. Atmosphere inside, outside seating when that's available and the weather permitting. But uh, it's just, it, they're both great places. And the renovated Stoley's Hog Alley is just fantastic. Just the attention to detail, like, you know, I mean, it's more of a biker-esque type of place, but families go in there all the time. But you look at the chandeliers they have, and the chandeliers are all strung out by bike chains, motorcycle chains and such. It's just really cool, eclectic stuff that they have inside both places. So check them out. Stoley's Hog Alley, Lake Country, USA. Stoles Old 109 up in Watertown. You cannot go wrong. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 the all-new Pottawatomie Casino Hotel has something you gotta see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Pottawatomie, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play.
Welcome back. Glad to have you. Kind of a gloomy day today, but that's okay. Kind of knew that was coming. Boy, the bottom's going to drop out this weekend. You got rain. You've got uh, some cold weather. I guess the cold weather's going to creep through here on Friday. And uh, there's possibility for some flurries coming up even next weekend. I hate to say that, but then again, we are creeping in on the end of October. I can't believe next week we're already into daylight savings. Oh, I'm ready for it because I'm sick of it being pitch black in the morning when I get up. Yeah. Well, I, that, that's a benefit. I can give you that. Um, I find myself wanting to sleep in a little bit later because of the darkness. I'll tell you that. So I, I'm, I'm not against having more daylight early on in the morning because then I get up and I work out and I feel better. And, but, uh, but man, oh man. Um, yeah. When it's, you get off the air and you got maybe an hour and a half, two hours of light and that's it by four o'clock, four thirty. you know, five o'clock it's dark. Ooh, not a fan of that. Not a fan of it. Seems like, uh, Although you get used to it, but I was sitting here the other night, and I'm thinking um, it used to be where, like, you know, you're going to go meet people for dinner, say, like, 7 o'clock, and it's it's light out. It's just starting to where you can kind of see the sun starting to head towards the horizon at 7 o'clock, 7.30 at night. You know, later in the summertime, obviously, it's, it's later than that. But you're kind of like, okay. But now you're going to have three hours of darkness before you even leave the house. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's weird. It takes a little while to, to kind of get used to, but I get it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Are you more of a winter or a summer guy, Grant? Well, I'm more of a Your summer guy, season. but yeah. I, I I enjoy parts of the winter. It's just, there's there's less time. Like, there's not enough right. time. Like, I do my show until 6. Like, my show ends at 6 p.m. So, in the summer, I can leave work and go do things. In the winter, it's like, well, I'll drive home and watch basketball and go to bed. Because right. the days feel so much shorter. So I just for the daylight purpose, the cold isn't that bad. I can bundle up, you know, put together a right. snazzy winter fit. It's more the lack of daylight that bothers me. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. I there There's good portions to winter that I like. I love being at home. I love fires in the fireplace, sitting down on the wagon wheel, uh, where you really don't know, you know, what it looks like outside because you're below below ground. But all that different stuff. I, I like all of that. But, man, I'll tell you what. Summertime, that's – I'm yeah, for anybody that's ever listened to my program, they know it's all about summer. Sitting at the tiki bar and sitting out back, riding the motorcycle, taking a boat out, playing a little golf, you know, whatever I can possibly do outside. And I'll take the heat every damn day of the week. So, But it's coming. It's coming. Uh, Marv says, I'm so ready to go ice fishing. Marv, I don't know how people do that. I really don't. Oh. I, I – Go ahead. Well, I was talking with buddies yesterday. We're planning an ice fishing weekend up in Hayward uh, in January. Yeah, we're already planning it. I love ice fishing. I don't. I mean, I am. I I, I love fishing. And I can sit on the front end or the back end of a boat, trolling up and down a shoreline, constantly casting, hoping for uh, a large mouth, a small mouth, whatever. I, I can do that all day long. Sitting in a shanty, staring at a hole, I can't do. I, I, I can't do. How do you do that? Beer uh, <laughs> and, a, and a heater. I I like ice fishing, but ice fishing also sucks. Like I'd say six or seven times out of ten I go ice fishing, and I'm like, why the hell did I do this? This is so right. dumb. It's expensive. I'm not going to catch anything. But 
couple of times you're out there and you get on a whole mess of fish and you're sitting in the shanty with the fellas, throwing back some beers and having a good time. It can be very, very fun, but most of the time it sucks. Yeah. It seems like it's a lot of work just to get out there. It's so much work, especially if you don't have a four-wheeler or a snowmobile and you're dragging, you're pulling a, a really heavy sled out into the middle of a lake and it's right. windy. Oh, yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, it, it, that's what I'm talking about. And it just, it seems like it's a lot of, I walk, I, I, I've gone over to a Curly's Waterfront uh, sports bar over in Pewaukee and I've watched guys walk down to the boat ramp and dump the sled and then go park the car and then they come back and then they have that you know and everybody that's done it they know what I'm talking about they have that sled with the pole that's on the end of the sled and it's a big you know and then they throw everything they own they throw coolers they throw uh, all their fishing gear they throw a heater they throw all this extra stuff on there and then they got to trudge it out you know and it's kind of like I'm watching a guy in a gym if you've ever watched the weight sleds when they put you know two or three or four or five of those 45 pound you know plate weights on the sled, and then they're dragging the sled across the room, or they're dragging the pushing the sled. That's what it looks like to me. So I'm thinking, on one hand, you're getting a workout. On the other hand, you're so bundled up, you're in a in that big ice suit, uh, the big you know snowmobile suit, and all that with the heavy moon boots and everything. And I'm thinking, God, that can't be fun. That can't be fun. I mean, until you get the heat going, you're still freezing, even if you're inside a shanty. I just, man, I give all the credit in the world to people that love it. I I just don't get it. So I, I'm kind of like, once the, it's frozen over, the fish can sleep. I'll leave them alone, and uh, I'll see you, in the, see you in the spring. I'm just, I'm not a big summertime fisherman. I like being outside in the summer, uh, but fly fishing is my number one. Ice fishing is a distant two, and then, you know, fishing out on the boat or off a dock in the summer, that's, that's probably even behind ice fishing. Yeah. Um, no, I, I will. There have been days where I've just grabbed, you know, the rod and the reel and, and the tackle box, and I've gone over to Pewaukee Lake and just sat on that dock and just thrown a line out. Uh, the one thing I can't find, and that's I would fish a lot more, but I need to find some decent-sized ponds um, that I can just, you know, go throw a line in. Uh, and I, I, I say it all the time, and it's I really thought I'd find a bunch of people that would say, hey, we got one here, I know of one there, I know it, and I, I don't. There's not a lot of people that fish the big ponds. It's more the bigger lakes that people like to get on, and that's the one thing I can't find is a good because when I like I said I've told this story before I grew up on a really good sized pond I mean acreage of pond and uh, it really it was called a lake because it was deeper than fifteen feet but it it was a pond and I grew up on that thing walking the banks and bass fishing and bluegill fishing and crappie fishing my entire life now my mom or my mom and dad and their partners stocked it so we kind of grew up and were lucky because you could usually catch something but. Uh, man, I, that's the way I grew up that or going up to Brookville Lake with my dad fishing on the back end of our bass boat and, you know, trolling up and down shorelines. So it, that's, I, maybe I'm just different that way, but that's the way I did it. I just don't, I don't I was never an ice fisherman, never grew up that way. So anyway, I, but I respect the people that, that do, because I, that's a whole different breed of person right there. You're an element person and I'm, maybe I'm just a wuss. <laughs> maybe I'm just a, no. Just, yeah, maybe I just, you know, hey, it's cold. I'm not, you know, I stick my finger outside. I'm like, nope, not today. <laughs> so, but it's funny because I'll, I'll go to, you know, if you say, hey, we're going to dinner, we're going to a game, I'm, I'll throw the coat on and everything. And out I go, man. I'm off to an event, one of the first people there. But then again, I also know I'm going inside and not sitting on the ice for the rest of the night. So, uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We got a lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
What's better than a Packers win? Well, how about celebrating a Packers win behind the wheel of a brand new 2023 Chevy Colorado Trail Boss? Right now at Quick Trip, for every dollar you spend with Quick Rewards, you'll earn a Packers point with our Quick Rewards Packers points. Then, with your Quick Rewards app, spend points for your chance to win amazing prizes throughout the season, like a Chevy Colorado Trail Boss. Kick off your winning season with Quick Rewards Packers points, only from Quick Trip. See quicktrip.com sweepstakes for details. to have you back uh i was just talking with tom uh, the owner of boondocks barbecue burgers and brews this morning and i said hey uh we uh we still owe you a, a live appearance a live broadcast so uh we are going to put one together where i believe uh coming up in maybe a few weeks three weeks four weeks uh we are going to be uh, there on a sunday we're going to do the green gold postgame show live from boondocks barbecue burgers and brews we'll keep you abreast as to when but uh, they have got weekly specials uh don't forget you can find them at Boondocks BBQ uh, over on uh, Facebook and on Instagram, Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. BoondocksBBQS.com is their website. And, again, they're on County Road, Cane, Oconomowoc. But they also have a food truck, and they cater, and they do a lot of different things outside of the restaurant with a lot of their just unbelievably delicious food. So if you are interested as a company, corporate, whatever, uh, small business uh, of having somebody come in and cater a, a lunch or maybe even you know a holiday a holiday party, give them a call. That's Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, County Road K in Oconomowoc, out near Stone Bank, as a matter of fact. So you can check them out. Check them out there. Uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that uh, love ice fishing and another group of people that don't. <laughs> we we must have hit some kind of a nerve. Grant, uh, you know, some people are like, oh, my God, leave the ice alone. I'm not going to go out in the wintertime. And other people are like, oh, my God, that's my happy place. It gets me out of the house when you're cooped up in the in the wintertime. Maybe that's the reason. Because in the wintertime, there's only so much you can do. And it doesn't really cost you much if you already have all the equipment. And you throw your flies or bait in the bucket and off you go. And you've got solitude for a few hours or four hours or whatever it is you, you happen to do. Um Mark says that uh, he has spent two and three days straight on the lake. Have you ever done that? I've never slept out in an ice shack, no. That's a bit much for me. A little too much. He said uh, we pack up four or five propane tanks and head out. Now, my question is, if you're on the ice and you're confining heat into a shanty for four straight days, aren't you, in essence, melting the ice beneath you? Little by little. Depends on what kind of shanty you have. If you have a, a permanent shanty or you have a pop-up one that has a floor that you can pop out, that'll make a difference. But, yeah, if you sit there okay. with a really hot heater and just a pop-up, yeah, it'll start to melt the ice, and then you got a puddle of water around your feet, which sucks. Right. That's another part of ice fishing where you're like, man, this blows. Yeah, you're sitting in a massive puddle. Okay. That's what I thought. I mean, it's when you run the auger through the ice and you pull the auger out, you get a bunch of water anyway that comes up just naturally, right? Yep. Then you got to shovel that. It's a whole. Pri- it's a lot of work. This is yes. You're <laughs> everything you're saying is correct. I don't know why I do it. I always get out there and I get everything set up, and then I don't catch any fish. I'm like, why did I do that? I could have just right. sat on the couch today. No one okay. made me go out on a frozen lake and do this. 
Rick says he spent three days in a luxury ice shack with DirecTV and a kitchen. <laughs> My question then becomes, I can see being a guy, you can go out and pee anywhere. But what are you doing beyond that? Does that mean you got a bucket full of poop sickles that you're, you know, dragging back to the to the car with you? No, thank you. Well, some of those big ice shacks up on Lake of the Woods and out on Lake Winnebago, oh yeah, they got plumbing, yeah. they got beds, showers, they're insane. Yeah, that ain't happening. Uh, so I, I, you know, there you have it. There you have it. I'll get off of that after that. Uh, after that thought, I don't, I don't need any more. Enough said. Uh, 877-867-1670, You want to find us, uh, feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, a, a couple of things about this game coming up, and we're going to hear uh, coming up here in just a little bit uh, from some of the guys inside the locker room, including uh, Matt LaFleur. But uh, the game coming up this weekend, this is from Jack, and Jack wants to know, if we see the same thing happen this week, at what point do we start demanding either compensation, and I don't think he means compensation, but he says compensation from Goody or Matt LaFleur? Um, I think you mean something different. I, I don't know if you're talking about where they're going to spend more money, I, but I, I'm not quite sure what you mean. I would assume you mean that where they're competent. Whether Acc- or not they're accountability? Competent. Is that what he's maybe saying? Maybe accountability is what he's thinking, but maybe their competency um, as far as either picking the talent or running the team, I, I, I would assume, but kind of a weird question. But I think you're already doing that, aren't we? We're already starting to look at whether or not guys are getting it, if the message is getting through, if the teacher is good enough to get the message through. I mean, this is part of when you take over a team with a a veteran quarterback who's basically a coach on the field, all you got to do is call the plays. Really. I mean, you you do have some accountability issues that you have to look at, but really all you're doing is calling the plays. Rodgers was good enough in in the huddle to be able to tell guys what you need to do or where you need to go, and he was able to look at them and figure it out really quick whether or not they were even doing the right thing. So I understand that. Uh, It is different now because – and this is where – weren't you excited at the beginning of the season because now it could just be Matt LaFleur coaching football, coaching a team. It's just Matt LaFleur's offense. It's just – we were excited about that, weren't we? And now are we as excited? Are you as excited, Grant, that, you know, now this is just Matt LaFleur coaching football? Or is this like, man, this sucks? Uh, It sucks, but – yeah, I'm still excited for these young wide receivers and tight ends. I'm excited to hopefully watch them progress and, and get better. I, I still have a lot of excitement. That doesn't mean I'm expecting to to tune in on Sunday and see a win, but I still think, yeah, there's a good amount to be excited about on this team. Totally. Uh, and we also, uh, uh, Marcy says, uh, you floated the idea, idea out there a couple of times about picking up a veteran wide receiver. Do you think the Packers actually do that? I don't. I don't. The more I think about it, in a, in a year in which you're not going to win, why would you give up additional draft choices? Now, if it's a desperation thing where you need somebody to help come in and really show guys how to do it or give Jordan Love an outlet so you can really determine what you do have in your quarterback. I mean, because right now, I think with everything that's been shown, you can say, okay, is it the wide receivers, is it the tight ends, or is it the quarterback or the combination thereof? And if there's not a lot of trust because guys aren't doing the right thing in the right place at the right time, can you blame the quarterback? Because as we've stated a couple of weeks ago, the worst thing in the world at the end of the season, as Eric Eager told us, is to not know. You don't know still if you have the right guy. you got to figure this out. And, you know, we're, we're sitting at Halloween now. I mean, the next big, uh, big mark in this season is going to be uh, Thanksgiving Day. 
And obviously the Packers are playing that day. So between now and then, they've got five games. And do, do you know what you have at that point in time? I mean, you've got to be able to figure this out. There's some other teams that are out there that certainly want to look at trades. You know, the 49ers, they're in the midst of their first, quote, losing streak uh, as, uh, you know, Brock Purdy's been under center. Um, they've obviously had some issues. Uh, you've got, you know, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Miami, Baltimore, all thinking that maybe if there's a place to upgrade in one position or another, they might be willing to, to, to make a trade. But you don't hear about a lot of teams. I mean, even the Jets, you know, the Jets might be looking to make a, a deal or two if they believe that uh, they can stay relevant until Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers comes back. Then there's a team like the Tennessee Titans that they're looking to be more sellers than they are buyers at this point. And as any NFC general manager noted uh, a while ago, after the Eagles deal was announced on Monday, the best window to get deals done is is right now. And even right now might be a little bit too late as you creep up on this deadline. So I, I don't think the Packers are going to make a deal. I, I just don't. I think that they're going to stand pat with what they have. Um if the defense was playing lights out, maybe you make a deal because then you say, okay, there's that silver lining. But they're not even a, a good defense. They're an average at best. You know, you've, pr- you've pretty much got a great defense, a good defense, a average defense, a below average defense, and a poor defense. And right now they're average. They're poor stopping the run. They're average overall. Um, they've played well enough to win games, but they're not dominant. You know, they're not taking the ball away. They're not giving it you know, to the offense numerous times, which I thought something that had to happen for this team to have success. So, it, it you know, it, it just – it's it's not working out. And my assumption is at the end of the season, you know, unless something dramatically changes, Joe Barry is, is gone. I mean, if I'm Joe Barry, I am already calling a realtor just to figure out where it is I'm going to go. If his permanent home is in Green Bay, I can't assume that it is, but if that's where he's living, start looking. I think because Matt LaFleur's – yeah, with with Joe Barry, yes. I think Matt LaFleur's got to make a lot of changes to his offensive staff too. Like, he's lost a lot of his top guys. We were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. you got to bring yeah. in some new ideas and new voices. I, I just think the, the brain drain in Green Bay has been a lot for Matt LaFleur. Yep. Uh, I would agree. I I I would uh, – and, and if things don't change and things continue to be bad and the message isn't getting through and guys are still making the same mistakes, then – and as I said before, if things go continuously worse – you got to assume at some point that the, the, the crosshairs are going to fall squarely on the, the head coach because then after that, there's nowhere to go but up. And then you start to look at the general manager. And right now, the general manager is not going to say, hey, I put a, a craptastic group of average talented players together with all those first-round draft choices I have on the defensive side of the football. And I, I risk my entire career for this quarterback who's not turning out to be very good. At some point, you got to go, boy. Have they just kind of filled the pool with a lot of average dudes and the water level's not raising, you know? And if that's the case, then, boy, you've got, you've got some time to clean house. You've got maybe a two-year window to rebuild that thing, figuring out what it is you want to do. So, uh, But I agree. I, I, I don't think they're going, to, uh, they're going to make a deal. Let's do this. We're going to step aside, uh, take a quick break. Coming up after the top of the hour, don't forget, uh, we're about 10 minutes away. Paul Charchian's going to join us. The Charch is going to be here. If you've got a fantasy football question, get it to us. We would love to hear from you. Again, if you've got a fantasy football question, you can email it, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. You can hit us up over on the live stream as well. Uh, or you can call in the program, and you can ask the question also. So uh, plenty of ways to get a hold of us. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Point Brewing. 
And I keep telling people about Cider Boys and that caramel apple. I am out on a quest later today to go find it. I hear that it's at a liquor store down the street from my house. Uh, I'm going to stop there and see if indeed they do have it. But I am in a quest now to go find the caramel apple Cider Boys. But I do see now they've added the Mimosa uh, Cider Boys over at Woodman's. So they do have that. But Point is coming out with, uh, obviously, Winter Brews. they got the Snow Pilot coming out. They have got the lager, obviously, but uh, some of their specialties. Oh, right now i got to find that caramel apple. Good stuff from our friends at Point Brewing. Paul Charchian coming up in about 10 minutes. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 're coming up to, uh, tomorrow night tomorrow night we're gonna be down at Stenny second of National Walkers Point uh, Grant and myself are gonna be there and about seven o'clock uh, 7 30 something like that and then uh, a little bit later on in the evening the Halloween costume contest gets underway and cash prizes food parties all that kind of good stuff it's all gonna be given away tomorrow night we're looking forward to it should be a lot of fun but uh, the Stenny's annual Halloween costume contest is tomorrow night Friday night not Saturday Saturday they moved it because the, uh, the Badgers are taking on Ohio State, uh, and that game has become a night game. So uh, we will be there tomorrow night, Friday night, and uh, that way we're kind of unfettered. we got some college football, got some basketball, and you've also got Game 1 of the World Series that are all going to be on the, tu- on the tubes. But we are going to be there with the Halloween Costume Contest tomorrow night and not on Saturday night. So I want to reiterate that, but we'll be down there tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. should be a lot of fun. Stenny, second in National Walker's Point. And uh, we will see you there. And I saw some progress, as a matter of fact, on their Lake Country location. Uh, after they got a lot of the permits and some of the uh, major uh, engineering work done to the place, shall we say, uh, it has really started to come along. A lot of the uh, walls were ripped out. Now they're being rebuilt and the floors are being put in. And so they are really kind of forging ahead with all that uh, new property out on uh, Watertown Road in Pewaukee. So looking forward to that uh, when it opens. Hopefully, uh, we were uh, yesterday, I think it was, discussing uh, a March Madness broadcast from there. So they're hoping to open by the time you've got March Madness and then ultimately into the baseball season. And the cool thing about it is even out in Lake Country, out here in the Pewaukee area, they're going to run shuttles to a lot of the downtown locations. So that's, that's something that there's nothing like that out here uh, where I live, which is in Lake Country. 
So uh, there's nothing like that. That that is a gold mine, gold mine, waiting to happen for Steny. So uh, look for that coming up uh, early in uh, the summer, early spring, we'll say. But uh, Steny, second to National Walkers Point, we will see you there tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Have you uh, have you talked to Rachel and picked out the uh, the attire yet? <sighs> I suppose it's Thursday. I got to get on that. <laughs> so I have a black hoodie that just has like some pumpkins on it. Uh, okay. And some skulls. You can do that. You I can might. Do that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's all I needed to hear. Oh, thank yeah. God. You yeah. Can do that. I'm gonna wear that. She'll. She's got something festive. She's way more stylish than me. So we'll fit in. We're. We're maybe not gonna stand out with our attire, but we're gonna fit in. And that's. That's really what okay. I aim to do, Bill. That's kind of my day to day. I. I'm just looking to blend in. I don't need to stand out. There you go. By the way, uh, Forbes has come out and uh, listed the most valuable, the most valuable NBA franchises. And the number one is the Golden State Warriors, $7.7 billion. $7.7 billion. 6.6 for the New York Knicks. The Lakers at 6.4. Boston at 4.7. And it goes down and down and down and down. And then you get to number 20, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. $3.2 billion is what the Bucks are worth. $3.2 billion dollars the memphis grizzly the uh, grizzlies the least valuable franchise in the nba at 2.4 billion and then you got the minnesota timberwolves and the pelicans but uh but yeah the uh the miami heat by the way 3.9 at number 12 some of the more popular ones philadelphia 4.3 Man, you would kind of figure the bigger cities are what they are i mean the clippers and the lakers are only a couple of spaces beyond clippers are still top five but uh, the Bucks come in at number 20 at $3.2 billion. There you go. All right, here we go. Fantasy football time. The charge next on the Bill Michael Show. Looking forward to it.